This podcast contains material that may not be suitable for children or those of lesser constitutions. Listener discretion is advised. And now, go f*** yourself. Welcome to the Innocuous Bastard. Oh, sorry about sorry about that cough. Mac does not know what the intro, <laughs> intro is all about. But welcome to the Innocuous Bastards. Welcome back to those of you who listen to us regularly. That's we're looking at you. Oh, I just forgot his name. <laughs> you know who it is. You know yeah. who you are. Hi, Edgar. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and we we are joined once again by a very special guest, Miss Kim. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah, sorry. There's a little bit of extra activity. Got family coming back from a trip overnight somewhere, so... Somewhere? You didn't know where they went? Mm-mm. Lost them. <laughs> was convinced that nothing would be the same, but here they are. Things work <laughs> out. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. AG, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Had a pretty good uh, Saturday. And Sunday's looking pretty good too. So let's do this thing. Nice. What's the weather like in uh, in your part of the world? Uh, very sunny. <laughs> really nice weather. It's been pretty like comfortable summer so far. Although I think we're still going to get to the hottest part of it here pretty soon. We, we indeed are. Uh, Portland uh, area is bound to be in the 90s, I think, uh, Monday, Tuesday this week. So uh, I'll see how that works for me, for sure. Mac, it appears you are driving. I am driving. That's correct. The, uh, the house is loud, and uh, I threw my back out again. Oh. doing stupid shit, uh, like reaching down to get a bottle of water from the cabinet. So, you know, getting old I sucks. Show you. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll never do that again. Never made that mistake. Uh, it's not as bad as it was a few months back, but it's 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 in the same area. But like I said, it's mainly due to the pandemic pounds that I've put on. There's been quite a few of those. I'm working. I've lost five in the last week, week and a half, just from exercise. So I'm going to try to continue to do that. But now, uh, I'll be I'll be thrown off that for a few days anyway. But it's fine. So it's my final. question. My question for you is, would you have thrown your back off if you were reaching down for a bottle of wine as opposed to water? I think the way I was doing it, yes. I think uh, I was lifting or bending down doing the things that I could probably do in my 30s. Uh, Also, when I was 100 pounds, one minute 100 pounds, but probably 80 pounds lighter, you you can get away with it. But you can't just bend down anymore, I guess, at my age uh, with, with my fat gut. And without bending your knees, I just reached down and then I let out and then I kind of jerked back up and it was like a, a twinge. Like, oh, yep, I did it. I did it again. Well, let that be the listen, uh, a lesson to you, dear listeners, uh, including you, Edgar. I remembered his name finally. Uh, so <laughs> <I figured laughs> you would. don't ever, ever bend down for water. I mean, that's the, yes. that's the lesson here. So let's catch every, everybody up with uh, what's going on in the world, shall we? Uh, Mac, I know you love talking politics, so let's start with you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just kind of more of the same bull, uh, bullshit, just a different day. Uh, 
you know, nothing really has changed. I don't think much in the last couple of weeks, honestly, it's kind of the same stuff. I mean, I could, I can rant and rave about it, but the bottom line is uh, vote, vote and uh, get this motherfucker out of office. Uh, I am still concerned with, uh, I know you guys were talking about uh, a COVID, COVID uh, as uh, before we came on. And yeah, the numbers continue to get worse and worse. Um, in, in Oregon, they're not terrible. There's a lot of cases, but it looks like it was um, the, the percent positive. It still isn't over 10, which is good. If it gets over 10, then we're in some serious trouble. And then we're looking at a, a possible uh, shutdown again, which I know would, uh, uh, for you, Amito, would be bad for your uh, gambling problem that you have. Actually, it would be good for me for it to shut down again because <laughs> so that way I won't have a gambling problem. I yeah. Do, uh, if Miss Kim is not aware, I I I, I befall, uh, I am bewitched by the uh, the video poker machines. <laughs> uh. I would say entranced. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and uh, were it not for the 10 p.m. curfew, I'd be really effed for sure. Um, but uh, shut down, even though I don't think Gov Governor Brown has that power um, to shut us down again, or at least without a revolt uh, happening, uh, it's actually going to be good for me. <laughs> but Kim, yeah. do you do I, I do you strike me as somebody Kim as uh, who keeps uh, a pulse on the Portland-based um, politics and Portland-based uh, hullabaloo? Am I correct in that assessment? I mean, I think I could always be better informed, but it's kind of easiest to pay attention to what's happening around you first. And um, we live in a secret police state. <laughs> yeah. Fascism looks, yeah. fascism looks like this in the year of our Lord, the dumpster fire 2020. <laughs> And uh, it appears, and speaking of police, <clears throat> I, I read la uh, as recently as last night that Joanne Hardesty, Commissioner Joanne Hardesty, has asked or is demanding Ted we Mayor Ted Wheeler to Wheeler Wheeler to relinquish to her the uh, police commissionership so that she can uh, be in charge of police here in Portland. Had you heard about that, Kim? Um, police here in Portland. Had you heard about that, Kim? Um. That makes sense. I hadn't heard that. What I had heard is that Commissioner Hardesty had had uh, organized a vigil of some kind. I think it was last night or maybe the night before. And police came and broke that up and there was tear gas. And it's like a, a city commissioner can't even hold an event, a peaceful <laughs> one, commemorating lives lost and and blood spilled and it and even that's considered a riot like what the fuck yeah it's uh it's it's definitely very concerning i have people who are i have family members who are not in state who are constantly checking in on me because of the way especially because of the way you know what's happening in a small pocket of portland um is being portrayed by media uh, to the rest to the rest of the world, right? It's a curious thing, right? If you don't understand if you're if you're not just fully immersed in it, you would 
you would hear some of the reports and you'd be like, oh my God, did they take your house? Do you have your car? Are you safe? I'm just like, what? It's early. Like they did what to me? <laughs> the British are coming. But um... Is that a red coat? <laughs> and I think there's a little bit of, um, I don't know. I, I definitely, even though I live downtown-ish, I'm far enough away from uh, from what's going on, um, you know, with, with almost on a nightly basis for the last what forty five days, or maybe even it, longer. I think it's a little longer. Number forty seven sometime last week. Yeah, I mean we're we're getting up to like the the fifty day mark. Oh boy! Oh boy! But there's a there's I've got a little bit of a detachment from it though, and I don't know whether that's a good thing or that's a bad thing. Ag, you're furthest away from from what's going on in portland oregon right now what's what are your thoughts well i've said before that you know i think most people down here are you know i, I see more mass use than i maybe i was even expecting <clears throat> but like going to the grocery store yesterday i you know it says clearly on the door masks are required and then i go in there and i see people not wearing a mask and usually it's like a whole, like I, in particular yesterday, it was a, a, a four person family, none of them wearing a mask. And I'm getting more to the point where like, I want to say something. And, and, but the, and I want to say just like, can you do not think of other people at all? Like, is this, and, and I do sort of think this is like an American thing is like my rights trump everything, the welfare of other people to, to the nth degree. So I, I am tempted to like say, hey man, where's your mask? But and I realize that this is only educate. If I do that, it's only sort of cluing in one person, and it's I'm not going to do that for everybody I see that's not wearing a mask. So it feels a little pointless in a way. But I'm getting closer to that to the to the, to the tipping point there of saying maybe if you if you tell that person to do it. It'll the the it'll trickle down to other people that they know, etc. And it's like sort of getting the ball rolling a little bit. But I also don't want to have a confrontation with somebody that just they you don't have any like you won't do this one small thing to the for the benefit of other people. It's just kind of mind blowing to me. It really is. Yeah, that's that's the thing, and and. Even beyond that, you're going to get a chat and chatter. Karen's going to most likely not say, oh, thank you for pointing that out. Maybe I should be a little bit more conscious of uh, other people and their health. Well, what they'll get is uh, libertard, mm -hmm. some, something along those lines there. So really, it is a total waste of time to try to talk to them because they've already made their, their minds up. It's about their freedom. Uh, the whole thing is a hoax and, until it, until it, you know, until it actually affects them, uh, and so it's 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 pointless to talk to these idiots, and and this is the, you know, the the forty percent of uh, you know voters of America that 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 is it is like this, and it's for our country, and as much progress has been made in uh, the previous. Uh, administration before this it feels like all that has been removed and now we're back we're set back 30 years 40 years with how people act I never thought that we would have uh, an overt racist in the Oval Office I never thought that racists would just be coming out of the woodwork doing 
doing what they do uh, because they would be shamed for it uh, previous to that. And now they, they've, they've got the, the you know, president of, of the United States propagating and, uh, and, and it's, it's not even a dog, it's not a dog whistle anymore. It's just overt every, every day saying something racist and doing something racist. That's, that's just how it is. So yeah, I think it's more likely that you're going to end up in, in a brawl or they're going to pull out their gun because they got their second amendment mm -hmm. uh, rights there. So there's going to be more like that than it is to try to confront anybody. And you were saying? And plus it's sort of like, you don't necessarily, particularly in this case, AG, where it's a family of four, you're, you're almost like, what good is it serving for me to like publicly scold to like two adults with children here, like how will that, will they go back and think like, oh yeah, maybe I should do better by my <laughs> children and by my, and by my community or will they just be like, how dare this person approach me and my kids? Like it's. That's more like it. Yeah, the conf confrontation is hard anyway, but there's like optics around it too that honestly it's a weird time to to be a person in a society because you're always just like well but then how does this be, how does this feel for this person like you all you always kind of have to think about that even though you're like clearly you don't think about anybody person with no mask well here's here's something i'm thinking of is uh, you know when you're when you're driving around in your car and somebody in front of you or, or something does something or they're not reacting how they should and you beep your horn. This is sort of the same situation is that maybe they're not going to get the point of what you were getting them to do. But the next time they go out, they may think, oh, I don't want to get honked at or I don't want to get somebody telling me what to do. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So there's like a little temptation to try and play into that uh, phenomenon of people not wishing to get some sort of negative reinforcement about something they're doing or not doing. So, but it's just like, you know, you can almost predict what the reaction is going to be from some of these people uh, by just saying, hey, you know, we look out for everybody. And, and, but, and, and another argument for making the statement of, of, of not confronting, but just mentioning it is that they may not be hearing this from the, the media or their friends or other sources of, of, you know, input in their lives. So it could be that just getting that, putting that little, planting that seed in somebody's head, hey, you should be doing this. Do you see everybody else around here is wearing them? And also it's like respect the people that are working in the store mm -hmm. because they are exposed, they are constantly have much more interaction with other people than say a family of four just going to the store once a week so it's just like it's do it out of respect out of for, for respect for other people well you could do a hybrid uh you're talking about um uh, you know the uh, beeping why don't you just carry around one of those really loud air horns uh <laughs> and then you do that uh chad and karen and uh, uh, uh little billy and, and mandy see that and then you just point at the mask. So you get a you know, little bit of both of that going on. You, you, you get get their attention. And and hopefully that I was like, oh, yeah, maybe we should do the right thing. Because I don't want to be scared the next time I go out by some weirdo with an air horn. 
The pragmatist in me thinks, though, that they've these people who are refusing to wear masks indoors, especially when it's a requirement of the establishment, because it's a law. and uh, is are already to to Max point are already already c content with their and you know with their um, position on this whole thing, and that they're making a conscious decision to not wear a mask because of those intentions and, and their beliefs that uh, it's almost worthless to definitely to do that confrontation, even air horn or no, it's, it's worthless because they will not receive the message regardless of how, 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 um, how loudly you, you, you say it. Um, and if I were to, if I were to put a percentage on those people that could be, could potentially be turned um, would probably be a very low, like 10%. Like one out of 10 could potentially be turned, but that's probably being generous. Um, and it, it's kind of, it's, I like the fact that, I like that uh, when Mac and Kim kind of created their own dialogue as to how the, per the, uh, the person would respond, you both used Southern accents. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that was intentional or... I think, I think we're classist assholes too. <laughs> yeah. We've made up our minds. <laughs> And it's not, yeah. you know, there's, uh, I got to check myself on that a little bit. There are probably, there are, I know of uh, at least a few extremely socially conscious, responsible people who live in the South. And then there's like the governor of, of Georgia who's suing the mayor of Atlanta because he doesn't like masks or people by many accounts. Yeah, it's it's a disaster down there. I mean, in Florida, the same kind of thing. Texas, at least, the governor down down there seems to be realizing how bad it is, and is as uh, he's still not going to go full uh, re reasonable person, uh, but he he is uh, making and then it's it's mandated. It's mandated in Alabama. It could be mandated in Georgia. That's the stupidest thing about it. If, if, if Alabama is actually ahead of Georgia now, so Georgia really ought to be ashamed of themselves. Well, on that note, we'll take a quick break. And um, when we come back, we'll dive into uh, other issues. Maybe they'll be COVID related too. I don't know. We're making this up as we go. We'll be right back. We are back. I hope you made that break a really, really fruitful one. Um, so, as I, uh, as I as I said before before the break, we'll we'll talk about other topics. Could be pandemic related, could be polit politically related, political related, but that's all good. Uh, and it's actually we'll, we'll hear from our special guest first, Kim. What did you want to talk about today? Well, uh, the topic that's been on my mind for the last few days has been the very concerning occurrence of the fact that people are being picked up, apprehended at the protest events. They don't even actually have to be uh, cleared as people who participated in the protest events, but there are reports of vehicles essentially kidnapping folks who are in the areas and then taking them to undisclosed locations. I mean, by one account, 
one person was brought into the justice center and held there for something like 90 minutes before being released. But I mean, this is a very concerning um, occurrence because when you think about it as, oh, an un a person without a badge who doesn't identify themselves as an officer of law enforcement can just take you off the street now while you are doing nothing whatsoever, certainly nothing against the law, at least by the letter of the law as we know it, and then take you away. And they don't read you your rights. They don't tell you why you're being apprehended this sounds like kidnapping. This sounds like a tyrannical use of the law and the police force. And honestly, this is why we have to defund the police and really look at how we, how we serve justice in this country. There's an assumption that those, um, <clears throat> or maybe an assertion that those Unidentified people, that, uh, uh, militia or whatever, are actually part of the federal marshals. Um, I think I think the OPB report that I read identified them as being part of Homeland Security. The um, they are the yeah. CPB unit. And Do it's, I, am uh, I getting the letters correct? It's not. It's yeah. I think you got it. Patrol, but not. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's like a lot of the Homeland Security units are like they all kind of sound the same but right. yeah and of course it doesn't help either probably that uh the acting secretary of department of homeland security was here earlier in the week as well um not to meet with any city officials um but to meet with the portland um labor union portland police labor union or something like that right or portland police union and it's kind of apt that his name is chad Chad Wolf. Of course. Right? That's um, a Chad. That's definitely a Chad move right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mac, what are your and thoughts? To, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty horrifying when you think about it. It's really, it's, it's more akin to uh, like the Nazis back in the, in the, in, you know, the mid thirties uh, with their Gestapo units and their SS type things going on where, before Hitler was even chancellor, they were doing stuff like, like, you know, uh, similar to that. They were, uh, you know, they obviously have, you know, the backing of the, you know, the federal government. So that's a little different there, but you know, it's, it's stuff that they do in, in other countries where you thought it would never happen here in the U S um, and, you know, just when you say, first of all, by the way, at least they're, they're driving something very non, it's very non-threatening. It's a, it looks like a, a Karen minivan. This is what they're driving up on people with. Uh, but it's funny, the, the, the footage of it that I saw, they claim, the DSS, uh, DHS uh, agents claim that there was a, a large and violent mob that was uh, descending upon them. But if you look, and it, the, the footage shows everything around them, there's really nobody around. There's, there's no angry mob. It's just a couple of these DHS agents uh, apprehending somebody, putting them into a minivan. It's, 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 it shows the lack of discipline, the, uh, the lack of understanding of what this country is supposed to be about. Uh, 
uh, that we've got this this acting uh, secretary uh, Chad coming here and and then praising it at, at the same time, and it's all it's 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 all for politics. It's all for political gain. Trump wants to pretend that he is a law and order president. Uh, and unfortunately, you can't really be law and order when you when you yourself are breaking the law on an almost daily basis. So it's 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 kind of a joke. I think people are seeing through it. I think that there's a, there's there's a lawsuit right now. The a uh, the the AL uh, or what do they call those guys the uh, ACLU. Yeah, that one uh, where they've added as part of their lawsuit, they're adding these guys on there because they're using uh, excessive force and they're using the tear gas and, and all and all the other stuff that they were not supposed to be using, the police are not supposed to be using. Mm -hmm. So there is totally, it's just Trump's personal clown squad, goon squad. And uh, from what I understand, I've, heard, I've also read that there, there's this kind of a dress rehearsal and they're going to continue to do it in other cities. Uh, so you know, I mean, this is the danger when you have a, a, an autocrat um, in office being enabled by other people around him that think very similar. So there's nobody to tell him otherwise because he's already gotten rid of those people. Those people are all gone. So what you have is pure, unadulterated, uh, you know, Trump and all his cronies around him. And it's, even if he, you know, the biggest thing for me is, you know, are these people going to be installed on e e election day? Are we going to see them uh, try to in in uh, voter intimidation? Are we going to see that? I think yes. I think this is part of what they're trying to do. I think that Chad Wolf guy also tweeted and started the hashtag Portland under siege. Am I correct in that assumption? I, th I thought that I saw one of one of his tweets, one of his earliest tweets, that that's why he was there is to is to be Probably. like this the saving the savior for portland because portland is under siege um did you <laughs> did you read into that what did you read into that kim i don't <clears throat> i don't know i don't know personally where that hashtag came from but i mean even even ag who's not in portland knows like okay when we talk about portland under siege um Right now, there's a light breeze blowing through all the trees I see outside. There's some sun. I would like to go to a body of water today, and there's um, there's some risk there because it depends on how many people are around this body of water and how comfortable that might feel. Does that sound like a city being <laughs> held hostage by by violent mobs to you? And again, I don't know. It, yeah. and even the phrase, like, I've become very conscious of the way people use words like rioting and mobs as of the start of the protests, because when we talk about unruly or violent mob behavior or riotous behavior, the people organizing the Black Lives Matter protests or the anti-police protests are not the ones with batons, they're not the ones shooting rubber bullets at people's heads. They're not the ones tear gassing people. Like there's, it's just not, it's not stacked evenly. 
I mean, I, I really think, I really think the city leadership showed they didn't get, they didn't give a shit about the communities when they started, when they declared essentially a battle in the North Portland neighborhood and tear gassed a whole, a whole residential neighborhood. Like I read a story about about how tear gas got through the air conditioner vents of a person's daughter's bedroom. So an entire family got gassed for zero participation in any kind of protesting activities. And even if the family was engaging in the activities, that's covered under the First Amendment. There's no reason that should have happened. So it's all just, I don't know. I. I deeply dis- distrust the Portland mayor's intentions throughout all of this. I don't know. I think the governor's the governor doesn't agree with the Trump administration, but I don't know that the governor has taken a a hefty enough stance against the tactics that are, that are being used by law enforcement currently. I think if anything protesters have to look out for themselves and each other like just stick to stick in groups and don't trust don't trust the people who were put in power by the systems to keep you safe because even the word safe feels like a weird a weird word to use in the year of the dumpster fire pandemic well, I'm still trying to figure out though right now because it's a little I have had I gotta admit I had not been paying much attention to the protests, the ongoing protests in downtown because I kind of felt like most of that had already been done and now what we're left with is a lot of the uh protesters and air quotes. I don't know if those people who are out who are out there right now are still actually pro or are actually protesting anything uh i did i drove by there uh on you know the way home the other night uh, about a week ago and there was something on the waterfront there was probably 50 probably 50 people gathered around and some i tried to listen to what they were talking about and it sounded fairly reasonable it didn't seem like it was uh, uh it was seemed like it was more along the lines of the black lives matter uh stuff and that's fine um but i think they're coming out each night. I don't know what their goal is anymore to continue to confront the police. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it, they shouldn't do it or that I'm against it. I'm just, I don't know what the point is anymore. It seems like I think we've kind of passed that point of pro of protesting and confronting the police each night. Is that really doing anything? Uh, I, I think if you, the, the one dangerous thing about it is that, you give ammunition to the Trumpers when you do it. And then you talk about defunding the police and I'm all for reallocating funds and moving it around and taking away uh, the militaristic, the like, side of the police, the, the weaponry, the, the armored uh, personnel vehicles and all this shit that they really don't need to be I mean, we all officers. saw the pictures of the tanks being rolled in a few days right. ago, right? Like, yeah, they don't need money for that shit. And and they should instead put money into community policing and 
education and, and, and things that are actually shown to work in other parts of the world. I mean, in England, the cops there, they, they don't carry guns. Um, you know, and I think I'd like to get to that point here. I, I don't know if it ever will, but, uh, I guess I think that the businesses in that inner downtown corridor probably do feel like they're under siege uh, because you drive through and there's boarded up windows and there's there's graffiti everywhere. And so to me, I don't, I think they'd be better served now to take this to a more rational political level. And again, I'm saying, I'm saying all this as a, a privileged white guy, uh, I, I don't, I don't get pulled over by the police. I don't worry particularly about getting shot or beat up. Uh, so I can, I'm saying it from that angle, but to me, it doesn't make sense now to continue doing what they're doing. I, I think they'd be better served to let, uh, more rational heads step in and, and allow that area to heal, allow the businesses to start healing it. it you know, I don't really care for the Rialto uh, very much, but they were on. There was a thing on the news this morning, and they've they've they're losing a lot of money because of all the stuff that's going on. A lot of the businesses down there, and a lot of the businesses s s support uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and support a lot of the same causes. But you know, anyway, that's just my opinion. I I I understand the anger, and I understand the continuing to want to. Uh, make a difference, but now I think they're just hurting themselves. And now we've got, as we've, this is the whole point of this, we've got the secret police in here. And, you know, I, I think it's time to, 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 I think it's time to, for them to back off a little bit. I mean, I know that I've reported you repeatedly to the police, Mac, and still you're here, you know, they've not done anything, but yes. where's the justice? Where is the justice? But I, I still blame, there is uh, none. I still blame media in this whole thing because of the way the protests have been portrayed, uh, protests here in Portland have been portrayed. And yes, there is, there's definitely those troublemaker, those, those troublemakers who are, you know, doing their thing after 10 PM when actually the actual peaceful protests happen. And of course, violence uh you know uh, it, it is the news you know it makes the news and you know may not have and may have and will and did ca catch the eye of you know the asshole in chief and which prompted why you know chad wolf was was sent to sent to portland you know yes it's for political reasons yes it's it's for you know optics and stuff like that that especially that, that especially his base would would um would cling on to but but yeah i mean i still i still really blame media for for all of uh all of this, all of this that's going on. AG? Well, a couple things. One is this secret police, DHS people. A good point that I read was that when you have these unaccountable people, badge, you know, identification not there, moving into what are, well, they're rental cars is what they are, but that it opens the door for other groups to do the same stuff like proud boys and and other people too that that there's no accountability there now so there could be a lot of uh either not misrepresentation but there could be other people sort of acting on this same sort of tactic and these people may not be law enforcement at all or or have any sort of official capacity they just maybe want to take people and beat the hell out of them and then drop them off somewhere it's scary so yeah 
So, I mean, th this is just a, it's a bad situation. And hopefully this Chad Wolf supposed person comes to Portland <laughs> and sees, okay, that this is, okay, it's a, it, it's a little bit of a pro it's a problem right now. It's in a very confined area. And for the most part, these are the people that are sort of causing the violence at this point are, are sort of like, uh, is this a lot of bad actors at this point? Not, I mean, they're sure the, I'm sure the, the spirit of the, of the protest is still there and that they want, you know, defunding the police. They want an end to police brutality. But it may be, this may be coming from like a more of an extreme angle. And all these protests, what they're doing is they're sort of bleeding the police department from money. They're sort of causing a lot of overtime. And, and so that's, a, that's sort of a secondary uh, a goal of, of the, these particular protests. So, I mean, I, I, in some way, I'm not, I'm not, since I haven't seen firsthand the damage or the graffiti, it's hard for me to get a sense of really how bad it is. But like, is Kim, uh, you, you, I mean, Portland's pretty much just like Portland, except for a pandemic is going on. Mm -hmm. So, living their lives, and there's things to enjoy. And you know, I, I would say probably a good portion of your everyday life is somewhat similar to what it was before. So. Hopefully Chad Wolf got to see that, yeah, this is a little problem in one part of town, which is generally they're not people down there at nighttime. So, <laughs> so I want to make another analogy. In, in my mom's house, there's a rat problem occasionally in the crawl space. And it's like, she wanted to close off the crawl space. So they're not getting down there. And I'm like, no, this is where we want to deal with them. We want to deal with them in the crawl space because they're not getting in the house. Mm -hmm. So as far as protests, if they're happening all around the justice center, good. This is where you're best able to deal with this sort of stuff and it affects the least number of other people in the city. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of think that these eventually, um, they've got to start dying down. I mean, there's just only so much energy <coughs> you have to be doing this kind of but, you know, with high unemployment and be benefits running out, there's these people sort of have nothing better to do. So but there's, a, there's a whole myriad of problems here that need to be addressed for these kind of things to dissipate. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I think you, I think all three of you have touched on a lot of important topics regarding the protests and the federal government's response to them. Like, Mac, I disagree. I, I don't know. I, as a person who have not taken part in the protests, am not going to say how long the protests should go on or how or what direction they should take. Like, I just, it's not my lane. I, I, I trust the organizers to know how much is too much. But I also think that the very recent tactics of the apprehensions of people in the areas, the, the use of tear gas and the brutality that continues, particularly for, for Black and other people of color in the state and the rest of the country, show that there's a need for ongoing unrest. And I do think that there is something to be said about how organizers, particularly in the Justice Center area and downtown, are engaging with the businesses there because there is a way 
to build that community and that it, and that has to include business owners particularly like the small business owners who are just trying to have people visit their restaurant or their bar in the midst of a pandemic or like the person selling i don't know like like cigarettes and candy next to the max stops like they're part of they're part of the communities being affected by the by a militaristic police presence they're part of the they're they're the ones being affected by nightly skirmishes even though skirmishes just sounds like kind of a whimsical like we skirmished and then we dissolved <laughs> into glitter i don't know but yeah, yeah needs I mean, be, that needs to be a consideration and i think amato's right too the media essentially stopped reporting the protests after like week one but they kept happening and they became considerably less about property damage and raising hell and more just about the numbers of people still shouting their lungs out about about how black lives matter like there's a monotony that happens even in that kind of a scene, but that's not really talked about like bricks through windows, like people bum rushing police officers, like that's what gets news, but that doesn't happen as frequently as certain media sources or federal governments would like us to believe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I just think that... I'm having a hard time identifying like specific topics of yours that I agree with, but I agree with everything you said. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I understand what you're saying about uh, if you want to get something done, you got to keep up the pressure, uh, you know, and a lot of that does come down to ci civil unrest. I mean, I think my point is that I think that the civil unrest can now let's, let's, let's take it to uh legal unrest and let's 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 get into the courts let's let's use our votes and vote out people because we got a good opportunity right now if we and i say as we being more more progressive rational science believing people to severely damage the uh idiocracy movement that seems like it's been going on the last four to five years of these people who just want to uh, go back to the old days as if the old days are really any good. Uh, the old days sucked. Let's just be honest with it. But that's their whole mindset. They want to bring back coal. They want just, I just said a small, just, they, they want to bring back Jim Crow laws. They want segregation. Uh, they want all these things. These are the things that they want. And so to me, the best thing what we can do as citizens is just, okay, we got four more months. Let's button down. Let's make sure we have every, we got every, we got every vote uh, that we could possibly get. Let's organize uh, in ways that we haven't done before to where we are getting people to the voting uh, booths or where they uh, can't do mail-in uh, ballots. Let's protect people from voter in intimidation. Let's, make sure that everybody has a chance to do it because if we do the 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 political climate is right now very good for not just a blue wave but a, a, a tsunami of regaining the senate getting the presidency and strengthening 
hold on the House. Um, and not that Democrats are, are perfect by any stretch of the imagination. There's a lot of things that they do that uh, probably aren't all right. But it's a goddamn mess. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, level. I view it. I view it as more, at less of Democrat and Republican thing is more of let's bring back rationality and progress to our society, no matter who it is who's in office. As long as we can get rid of these motherfuckers, the sooner we can do it, the better. And it may not last forever, but we can try to undo some of the the real damage that this has caused our country uh, over the last three and a half years. And so to me, it's not best solved going out uh, each night, uh, whether or not you feel strongly about it or not, uh, and engaging with the police. I, I, I think, I think AG, you mentioned that they're, you're, getting the over, you're getting the overtime, and then you know the media is only going to report and the administration is only going to report on the bad things. So why not just remove from the situation? Let's concentrate on November. And in, in the meantime, do other things. I, I don't think, I don't think, the, I don't think that the street fights or the street protests or whether they're peaceful or not are going to make any difference except just to remove voters and scare s- suburban voters. Just looking at it from a practicality standpoint. Ms. Kim, final thoughts, at least for now, on this topic. Oh, um, I will say again, defund the police, reallocate the resources to communities, and fucking fight fascism. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I agree. <laughs> Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash innocuousbastards. Find us on Twitter as at innocbastards. Or follow our blog at innocuousbastards.wordpress.com. Email us at innocuous.bastards at gmail.com. Shift gears a little bit here. AG, you had something you were dying to talk about. Uh, dying to talk about, yeah. Um, <laughs> dying to talk about. <laughs> well, I mean, this is going along with the media uh, aspect of what we've been talking about, and and this is really the first time I've sort of seen this since Trump has been president, and that was Chris Wallace's interview, uh, and there might be more than one, uh, or maybe it was all aired today. But of, of Chris Wallace doing a one-on-one exclusive interview with the president and actually pushing back on some of the things that Trump says. And this is sort of the first time I've seen this and, I mean, and qualifying this with a bit of like, I don't like to watch the president. So I've been somewhat avoiding that in the last three and a half years. But this is the first time that somebody has, has challenged him on his responses. And one, one particular was that uh, Trump is saying that kids are being taught to hate their country in school. And Chris Wallace basically came out and said, well, where, where are you seeing this? And Trump comes back, which is like, I see things, I read things, you know, it's like, you can't come up with it. So this is kind of what needs to be happening more. And the fact that, Chris Wallace, first of all, son of Mike Wallace. So there's some built-in cred right there 
And, and maybe it's because of that that Trump is accepting his interview because Chris Wallace does do sort of tough interviews, not just for against conservative, but against liberal people as well. So he just asks hard questions. So the fact that Trump is taking this interview is sort of interesting, but Chris Wallace pushed back on him on a number of things. And I think that there's got to be more of this happening. And I, I encourage people to go out there and look at the clips and just see how this president re reacts. And is it, is, it, is it a way of that you expect a president to react? Or is it the way that somebody who's bullshitting their way through life would react is, you know, like asking Trump about what he, his favorite passage of the Bible. He can't come up with one, not one. And it's because he doesn't know it. And so he just kind of, you know, go around the topic a bit, which is his, that is his MO on basically, so go watch the Chris Wallace interview. And we need to have more of this kind of uh, pushback against the things that come out of this man's mouth. Um, your thoughts? Hard agree with that. I mean, even it would take a lot for me to vote for a Republican president, even under gorgeous circumstances otherwise, but AJ is right. Why would somebody with this particular job position conduct himself in a way that makes you think you're lying. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just saying things to upset people. You're a, you're lying. There's nothing presidential about it. And Obama wasn't perfect, but at least he sounded like a competent leader pretty <laughs> much like all the time whenever he was on record. Yeah. Mac? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it, unfortunately, you're not going to see a lot of those interviews as, as much as we'd like, because mm -hmm. he picks and chooses where he goes for the most part. I would actually uh, kind of shocked that he would do an interview with Chris uh, Wallace, because, yeah, he's well known. And he, he I've seen plenty of interviews that he's done with other Trump cronies and, sur and uh, surrogates, and he does the same thing with them. He, he calls them out and he said, no, that's not true. That's total bullshit and uh, essentially saying that. Uh, but Trump is not capable of, he's not capable of leading one, two. He is full of shit. He doesn't even know what he's going to do, let alone the Bible verse. He doesn't even know what he's going to do in the second term. I mean, he, he continually makes that clear that he has no, he has no clue what he's doing. And, and yes, it's, it's nice to see the zingers and some of the one-liners that uh, mm -hmm. came out of that. And it, Another one was where he tried to claim that uh, Biden has adopted and, and is part of this document, this uh, treat C. I don't know what they're calling it now with between uh, Sanders and, and Biden, that uh, one of the major platform proposals is to completely abolish the police. And he used the word abolish. And, and Chris Wall says, no, nope, it's not in there. And so Donald Trump stops the interview and he says, well, all right, well, we'll go get the charter. Go look at the charter. They come back, they look at the charter, and it's not there. So he, he, he just humiliates himself the more he opens his mouth. And, you know, so when you've got a guy who is, I think he's mentally ill, not so much like he's, um, it's not dementia, but he's got narcissism uh, certainly there. He has a lot of uh, 
insecurities probably from his childhood. If you, the Mary Trump book has been talking about a lot of that stuff. You kind of already knew that people don't act like this unless there's really something wrong with them. And then you put it into the fact that, you know, okay, he's not, he's not an idiot, but he's just intellectually incapable. He doesn't have, he, he has nothing. There's no substance to the person. And so when you have something like that, uh, you know, that's all he can do is bull is bullshit his way through all of it. If it was up to him, he, his entire presidency would probably just be doing rallies every single day. He would go out and get his adoration from all the morons who are out there. And he's just like them. That's well, the reason why they love him. Yeah, because he's egotistical. And that's well, one of his and he's ignorant. He's ignorant. And that's who his base is. The, the people who are in the base of the, of the so-called Re- Republican Party are not really, re- they're not really Republicans. These are the people who are dispossessed, but not because of just money. It's because they're just, they're just stupid. They're literally 35% of Americans are just stupid. And well, you know, and, and one of Trump's, um, you know, one of, one of the things that were attributed to him during the 2016 election is that you know, people were looking for somebody who's the least political or, you know, not in politics, the least presidential uh, kind of thing just to break the mold. Well, we got we got we got what we paid for. I mean, we got what we um, what we voted for because it's he's definitely the least presidential. I'm, I actually found a transcript of the Chris Wallace uh, interview. So I'm going to be ah. reading it. I'm going to be reading it earlier, but just briefly scanning it. Uh, it's it's definitely quite h- hilarious. I mean, the only and the only to, to UAG the only re- the only way that I could listen to Trump anymore is via the Sarah Cooper um, parodies <laughs> anymore. You know, I, I love I love it when Sarah Cooper. Her, her does so fantastic. She she you know she's fantastic and she she gets 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 him absolutely. Mm-hmm. So well, so here's some of the things about Trump, and and I think I think Mary Trump's book. If, if not, if not, uh, um, what's the word without saying it directly, or if she did just sort of hint at it, but that Trump has an undiagnosed learning disability. And I think and that coupled with his narcissism, you know, I can, his childhood is making a lot of sense right now. He has a, he has a learning disability. So he fights back against people that are smart or know things, or like if you see a lot of the female White House reporters that ask him tough questions, he dismisses them because he doesn't like that there is somebody out there smarter than him, especially a woman. Okay, yeah. so yeah. in his his privileged privileged upbringing, he got to get what he wanted probably by saying or giving off the the aura that I'm Fred Trump's son, a millionaire. You do what I say. And so this is how he, this has been ingrained in him from his, you know, from birth practically, that this is how you get your way and you don't need to, you don't need to worry about facts or learning or, uh, or anything like that. You can always, you can always supersede somebody else's knowledge by putting your foot down. Mm -hmm. So Chris Wallace's interview, Trump probably has some respect for his father for for mike wallace because of you know 60 minutes and all that so that's why he's granted him this you know sort of level playing field 
Whereas with other people, all Trump has to do in his mind is say, hey, I'm president and you're not. Like, what, did, what have you done? I'm president. So in his mind, that supersedes any qualification or any sort of expertise that somebody else has. It's like, hey, if you were so great, you'd be president, is what he's thinking in his mind. So the pathology, a learning disability, uh, a privileged background, like all of this is, makes a lot of sense to me as far as how he is. And he just, there's no incentive for him to change. There's zero incentive for him to change. Well, I think he put on the, put the cherry on top with, with that horrifying Sunday is that he is also an evil man. Uh, he also doesn't have any morals. So you have that on top of that too. So the nar- narcissism and he's just an overall bad guy. I mean, not that Fred, I care about Fred Trump at all, but you know, uh, he was well known to when his dad got Alzheimer's to be dismissive and very pretty cruel to his own dad, uh, mocking him and doing a lot of these types of things because he thought it was a sign of weakness that his dad got sick. He, he had bullied his older brother that Fred Trump Jr. Uh, because uh, of his alcoholism and you know, just because of his general, not really, you know, he wasn't like a bully. He, he wasn't that type of a guy. And so Trump is just a bad guy. And then you have all the other stuff wrapped up in it. And it, it's just so, there's never been a more toxic president. Well, certainly not since Nixon, but at least Nixon can point to some accomplishments. I can't think of any accomplishments that honestly you could say that he's done that haven't been. Okay. I have one. Um, Yes. There's one thing that Nixon did was that he resigned after getting impeached. He had the the decency (laughs) to say, I've got to stop. I'm going to quit. And Trump, I think he was afraid because I I think he knew that he was going to get impeached and he he didn't want to get impeached. So I'm not sure if that I give him any credit for that. But it's certainly an accomplishment. For the better of the country, Nixon resigned. Okay. And and whether it's to to avoid embarrassment, Trump does not have that in his brain. Like I need to yeah. do something, a small sacrifice of myself to, for the betterment of everybody else. And that is not in him. If somebody held a gun to his and Ivanka Trump's head and said, you get to choose who gets to die. He would absolutely pick Ivanka to die. Oh, no, totally. no question. About you think she could use those Goya bean cans as like armor? <laughs> Well, talking about it. Yeah, those Goya bean cans would likely uh, fend off rubber bullets. That's at least. <laughs> that's and, awesome. and honestly, you know that you bring up the Goya thing. I think that is a, it's a little ridiculous. I mean, the guy said he liked Trump. So what? Who fucking cares? I don't see that. I do have a bit of a problem with some of the the cancel culture bullshit. And he said Trump was good, but he also went to an Obama thing too. So he's a businessman. I don't see what the big deal is. I don't see why we need to make a big, I mean, now the, the, the opposite reaction to it, Trump sitting there grinning like a jackass on the uh, sitting behind the resolute desk with a bunch of their products. That's, that's a whole nother level of stupid. And and it's it's not, and it's, it's also, it's also illegal. It's also unethical, but, the fact that the Goya guy said, you know, that he liked Trump, who fucking cares? I think that we need to get a little, there's a little bit of, 
hysteria that, that comes in with some of the progressive left uh, on this kind of stuff. It's like, why, why make it a big deal? If he wouldn't have made it a big deal, you wouldn't have given his base some more red, you know, you know, you know, some more red meat. Now, if you personally are going to just stop buying Goya beans because he said Trump is is bad, that's fine. But why make it a thing? I think that I think that was way that was stupid. All right, we're going to. Well, the reason they made it a thing, there's a reason they made it a thing, is because he's a Hispanic owner of a company who is mm-hmm. he didn't just praise Trump. He said we are blessed. To have Trump as a president, when Trump is putting kids in cages, trying to do all this, uh, you know, ramping up the the ICE arrests and and doing all these things that are basically targeting Hispanic people. And so nobody's out there. Rapists, murderers, criminals. Exactly. I'm aware of all that. And so are a lot of Hispanics. They they know the whole story. But again, why why make it and more so, than it really is? The guy's entitled to his opinion. If he likes Trump, he likes Trump. I didn't buy Goya beans to begin with. I'm not gonna, but I'm not also gonna call for uh, people to stop buying it because who's that really gonna hurt? Is that really gonna hurt him? No. If 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 say their their uh, profits go down thirty percent, it's not gonna hurt him. Of course, it's not gonna hurt him. Sure it, it 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 may it may well hurt. hurt him it'll hurt the company and it'll hurt the people working for the company. It sure as hell is not going to hurt him. He's, he's got his golden parachute. He's, he's, he's got his millions. Nothing's going to happen to that guy. So, you know, to me, I get that. I understand why people were, were mad about it. But to me, getting mad about that is just, is, is, it was very, very counterproductive. I, I, I do wrap up. Yeah. And I got two things. One is the Ivanka Trump, missed a huge opportunity in her little Instagram post, whatever that was, to use the phrase, black beans matter. Oh, oh my God. Hey-o. Why not? Second of all, I was at the grocery store Friday and my mother is a kind of an arch conservative just the kind of person that you don't want to have to deal with had on her list to go buy Goya products. And I'm like telling her, don't do that. She's like, I'm going to do it. Guess what? There weren't any Goya products in that store. So they were sold out. Uh, I was sold like, out. I felt a little yeah. uh, victory. There. No, they're sold out. They just don't carry them. They don't carry them there. They don't think they ever, I've never seen also them. Also good. So I was just pretty happy that, that that little bit of karma kind of played itself out. Well, I, I didn't I didn't buy Goya products in the past, but now I'm vehemently not going to buy Goya products anymore because I, I disagree with Mac in terms of his position on it. And I certainly, he's entitled to his position and as am I. Uh, and Damn I, right. definitely, I definitely uh, expressed that opinion on Twitter as well. And that, especially because of the, the fact that the a- asshole in chief is against his Hispanic Latino people and and all of his narrative and, and his narrative and and his rhetoric. So, so that's why I support boycotting Goya. All right, I cancel you. <laughs> well, uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll wrap things up. back from a 
hopefully a much needed break, um, Edgar. So hopefully, hopefully you're doing well. And uh, when we had a discussion off air that we'll never be, they will never see the light of day. So you're welcome for that too. But uh, so I think we'll, we we want to uh, end this episode with some um, recommendations for those of us who do have them, just to maybe end on a positive. We we tackled quite a few heavy topics uh, the past, you know, the first part of this of this show. So we kind of want to end the. Uh, the episode on a much lighter note. Uh, I've got a recommendation for a for a series, especially for those of you who who have access to Netflix. It's called um, Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. I've been fascinated with Jap- Japanese culture for for a while. Uh, even visited Japan once, and I'm I'm aching to go back. But uh, Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories is a story about our stories set in this diner in. Um, Tokyo that's open from midnight until seven in the morning. So and so it, the the proprietor um, ser- services customers who are just you know getting off from night shifts or before they go before they go to their their day their day shift um, jobs, and it's really interesting. It's three seasons so far on Netflix, um, and if 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 nothing else, it also introduces you to maybe the Japanese culture, Japanese thinking, but it's also some. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a drama series, but 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 with a little bit of comedy, a little bit of uh, of slapstick, but but it's a really really good show. I mean, it's, I, and I felt well, I binge watched the first season when it first came out, and uh, and I already binge watched season three, so I can't wait for uh, the next season. And they actually have a movie coming out. But if you're, you're if you're interested in Japanese culture, or or want to learn a little bit more, or just want to watch a good show uh, that's actually for the most part family friendly. I would say uh, I would recommend Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. Miss Kim, do you have uh, <laughs> any recommendations to uh, for Edgar, our our sole listener? Um, not a new recommendation, but like a rekindling of an old friendship recommendation. Um, I forgot how amazing Adventure Time is. But oh. in the last few weeks, yes. I, that's kind of like my bedtime story. I watch like a couple episodes and then I go to sleep and holy cow, how inventive and weird and like affirming of all like the heroic qualities that people can possess is that show. It's so fun. And I I don't know, like a couple, uh, some time ago that like there's this thing where Jake the dog is making bacon pancakes and you know the song is like bacon pancakes bacon bacon pancakes bacon (laughs) pancakes and um yeah I was like why do I sing this song all the time well one of my like late night adventure time binges actually showed me that episode and it was just like seeing an old friend I was just like oh that's right this is where that that particular audio tick came from (laughs) So yeah, when you were feeling down about the world, like I, I actually really like Midnight Diner too for that purpose, like the relationships and just like the intimacy there is very nice to watch. So yes, life affirming uh, stuff. Is Adventure Time on any of the streaming platforms? Yes, it's on. It's on Hulu, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, AG. Well, my show on Netflix, I just finished it up. It's a, it's a comedy sketch show. It's Scottish. So you're probably going to need to have the subtitles on. But it's, <laughs> it's 
called Lemmy's Show. And it's, uh, I've never seen like anybody in the show before. So sometimes when you have an, a new experience with something where you don't like know a name or a face, it makes it sort of sink home a little better because like you don't like, oh, that's Kevin Bacon up there. No, it's somebody fresh. But anyway, the show's pretty darn funny. And uh, it, it takes, it does some kind of interesting things regarding sketch shows and the, the guy that is sort of, it's a once and well, it's a, it's a group of people, but Limmy, the guy is the director and the writer. So I, when you have one person sort of in charge of the creative ability on a show, I think it really becomes very finely honed. So some of the stuff in there is really funny. And then as far as like a music recommendation right now, I can't, stop listening to this band called night drive and they have a terrible it's a terrible name for a band because it's too generic and there's another there's a very famous album called night drive but the band they write just famous album called night drive but the band they write just the songs are so good there's like maybe one song of theirs that i don't think is just not absolutely great so if you see a night drive album out there i recommend you listen to it i'm gonna check that out and I'm sorry, what was the title of the, the Netflix series again? It's called Lemmy's Show. L-I-M-M-Y, Lemmy's Show. Awesome. Thank you for the recommendation. But, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Mac, do you have anything of value to to offer? Well, I guess that's assuming that I am anything of value, uh, first of all. But uh, I would say, you know, actually uh, – uh, Kim bringing up Adventure Time to me definitely a, a good a, a very good show my son likes it uh, the wife likes it uh, my stepdaughter likes it I can't find anybody who doesn't like it so definitely would uh, endorse that and I think another one that I've been uh, that never gets old for me and I go back to every couple of weeks just to watch a couple episodes of it because it's so goddamn funny. I'm guaranteed to laugh at least at some point is uh, Futurama. Mm -hmm. I think is, is, is definitely one of those. And that's what that's, you know, that's the reason why I think I like adventure times because it's the same voice. Uh, mm -hmm. Bender is also Jake. And so those oh. things link up for me pretty well. Uh, and I, I don't remember the guy's name. I just know him as either Bender or Jake. Just that's, that's kind of how he is. He's screwed <laughs> that way. Uh, but also uh, one I, I hadn't watched before I had heard a little bit about, uh, and it is, it's going to put you to sleep, but in a, in, a, in a good way, it's a good nighttime uh, kind of thing is Cosmos with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, or is it Tyson deGrasse? I remember his name. DeGrasse. Exactly. Yeah, that uh, is very, very good, actually. The first few episodes I watched from that is, are, are good entertaining actually uh educational entertaining better than and i watched the whole carl sagan one when i was a kid so uh that's saying something i think they've, they've done a good job of, of uh paying homage to to the show but also i think uh neil's pretty good he's he's uh, the way he the way he communicates some things that for a lot of people are fairly dry and and probably boring and again you will fall asleep to it I, pro I promise you that if you get in bed and watch it, you will fall asleep. Uh, it's, but it's better than drugs. Let's, let's just say that. <laughs>
I always confuse Carl Sagan with the, you know, the creator of the Power Rangers, but I think it just sounds the same, the last name. <laughs> but th thanks for the uh, thanks for the recommendations, everybody. And I hope uh, you, Edgar, will find some value in what we've shared. Uh, Kim, it's an honor and a pleasure to, to have you as our, our special guest again. Oh, y'all are so nice. This is fun. Hopefully, uh, this won't be the last that you'll grace us with your with your time and your presence and and your thoughts, uh, because I think it. Oh, I thought somebody was breaking into my apartment. I thought somebody uh, was thoughts and prayers. House. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Mm -hmm. um, well, anyway, so um, good night. See ya.